This week's parsha is Parshas Vayishlach. At the beginning of the parsha, when Yaakov Avinu was besakana, Esav was approaching. He was in mortal danger, and we know that he prepared himself for three things: Ladairain, Litfilo, and Muhammad to send gifts to Esav, to daven to the Rabbeinu Shlaim, and finally, if need be, to even prepare for war. In his tefillah component of his Ishtadlus, he says the following Lashon to the Rabbeinu Shlaim, Hatzileni na miyad achi miyad Esav. Save me, please, from the hands of my brother, from the hands of Esav. And there's many different interpretations of this pasuk, exactly what his tefillah was. But I wanted to say, B'derech drush, a possible kavana, maybe a chasidish of art, in this lashon of Hatsileni nam yadachim yadesav. You see, Yaakov Avinu did not believe that he had too many schusim. And he didn't think that he would be able to just merely rest on his laurels to be able to be victorious against Esau. In fact, he sets the Rabbi Nishlam straight out, that I think that I'm too small, I, I have very little left in my schusim department. I'm afraid that maybe all of my schusim have been depleted and I don't really have much to bank on. What is my schus? that I should be saved, me and my mishpacha. In what schus should I come to you, Rabbi Nishlaylam, and ask you and plead to you to save me, Hatsileni? And I think the answer is that he was banking on one thing, and that was his Midas Tevis. Hatsileni na. My word na. The fact that I use this word, and I mean it when I say it, that I say, please, that itself should be my schus when I'm going up against an ace of a Russia who does not have that etiquette, who does not have that fineness, that refinement, to use the word na. Where am I basing this on? This vart. How do I know that Yaakov Avinu was very good at using the word non, Esav was not. So I refer you to Parashas Toldais where it says that Yaakov Avinu tells his father, Anoichi Esav b'chayrecha asisi kasher dibarta Eli. I did everything that I told you. I am Esav. This is Yaakov disguising himself as Esav. Kumna Shiva the achal Please get up. Stand up, please, Tati, and bench me and eat from my from what I prepared for you, the matamim that I prepared like you like it. Yaakovinu says that Something is funny over here. Hakol Kol Yaakov, he's speaking like Yaakov. But I feel his hands. Of course, Yitzchak was blind. He couldn't see who it was in front of him. He felt his hands. He put hair on his hands, fur. 
So he thought that it was Esav in terms of feel. The Adayim is the Esav, but the Kol is Kol Yaakov. What does that mean that the voice is the voice of Yaakov? Rashi says, Shemidaber Beloshin Tachanunim. Because Yaakov was using Loshin Tachanunim, nice, respectful language. Kumna. Get up, please, my father. Aval Esav Loshin Kanturya. Diber Yakumavi. But when Esav comes a few minutes later, he doesn't use these niceties. He doesn't say, Kum na, please have to get up. He says, What? Yakumavi, get up. Without any form of respect. Shemilas na garam shekailo kalyakav shemadabavalashin na udalaika Esav. He's speaking in Russian Yakav. He says, Kum na'avi. That's Yaakov's Lashen. That's the way that Yaakov would speak. It's not the curl of Esav. Esav speaks in a grubba, very disrespectful, harsh, coarse language. Yaakum avi, get up. No word na. He doesn't know how to say the word na. This is, I believe, what Yaakov Avino, perhaps on a certain level, was saying. Hatsileni na. I have no schusim perhaps, but there's one schus that I should have in that I should be able to be better than Esau and that you should side with me over him. And that is the word no, let the no be me, let the fact that I speak nicely to my father, to my friends, to everyone, the fact that I use that lush and no, that beautiful two word, two letter word of no, that should be my schus to be me from the hands of Esau who does not speak that way. He doesn't have the derecheret, the civility, the midas taivas to use nice lashaynas, but rather he uses things very coarse, he speaks in a grub way. And that's the difference between Yaakov and Esau, one of many, but a very important difference. And that's what Yaakov was asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to grant him a Yeshua on this chos, Hatzileni na. Esav doesn't have the naw. I have the naw. And for that I want you to save me. You know, it's a little strange that Pasuk that we just spoke about. The Kail is the Kail of Yaakov. The Adayim is the Yudai Esav. And what did Yaakov do? What did Yitzchak Avinu do, rather? He benched him. These brachas were not just um, you know, uh, you know, you get you bench your kid Friday night, two seconds. And these are major brachas. These are the brachas that mark the destiny of Klal Yisrael. And everything was hanging in the balance. Whoever would get these brachas would be very, very. The, the destiny of the world would change. Yaakov Avinu, Yitzchak should be very careful when giving out these brachas. You know, we're so scared to give out our social security number to people. We want to make sure if we ever order something online that it's a secure website, you know, that we're not just some, uh, you know, that people shouldn't be able to tap in and hack into our account. We're very careful when things are important to us to make sure that, that it's done right. Yitzchak should have been more careful. Yitzchak has a trillion dollars that he's about to give somebody and he's just Hakol Kol Yaakov by Yedayim Yedayesav 
I don't know. I'm, I want to give the brothers Esav. His hair, his hands feel hairy like Esav. All right, his curl is a curl of Yaakov. All right, let's give it to him. What are you give it to him? What are you giving it to him? What, what are you giving it to him for? The curl is the curl of Yaakov. That's not who you want to give it to. Your daimis days are fine. So you got one out of two points on your checklist. So for that, you're going to throw caution to the wind and give it to, and bench Esav, and then who you think is Esav, even though he doesn't sound like Esav. It's a very funny pasuk. Okay, bench him. Okay, whatever. Let's give it to him. I'm hungry. Something's wrong about the pasuk, right? So the Beis Halevi asks this question, and the Beis Halevi says a phenomenal, phenomenal answer. That it must be, and this has to be Emes, it has to be, whatever the Beis Halevi says is always written through Ruch But this has to be Ruch HaKadosh that, that the Beis Halevi says over here. He says that Yitzchak and Esau were probably suspicious that Yaakov would try to get these brachas. Yaakov wanted these brachas very badly. Rivka really wanted Yaakov to get these brachas, and they were aware of this. And so what they did was, very cleverly, Yitzchak and Esau meet, and they say to each other, we have to come up with a, with a code, with a way of knowing that I'm giving the brachas to you and not to Yaakov. What should we do? So you know what they decide? They decide like this. You, Esav, you're going to come into me, into my room, and you're going to speak like Yaakov. You're going to sound like Yaakov, and you're going to speak. Your mama's going to imitate him. You're going to sound like his voice. You're going to sound the way he talks. You're, going to, you're mimicking him. Why? Because that way I'll know that it's really you. Because if Yaakov is going to come to me, how's he going to talk? He's going to talk like you. He's going to probably be wearing the fur, and he's not going to be talking like Yaakov because he wants to get the brachas. So of course he's going to speak like you, Esau. He's going to speak komavi, yakomavi, and you know, speak in a very coarse way. So, Esau, you're going to do a real good act over here. When you come into me, I don't know if it's you or, or Yaakov, so what I want you to do is you try to imitate Yaakov to the best of your abilities. Speak nicely, speak sweetly, say the Rabbi Shalom's name once in a while. Like really speak from, speak like Yaakov. And that way I'll know that it's you and not Esau. And not, and not Yaakov. This is the base of ladies, Ruach HaKadosh. You hear what's going on over here? What happens? Yaakovino comes in and he speaks like Yaakov. Kum Na'avi, beautiful Lashaynas. Rabbi Shalom he invokes a couple of times, speaking like Yaakov. What does Yitzchak say? Hakel kol Yaakov, vayadayim yidei Esav. We got two checks, two out of two checks. The code is complete. Kum, give him the brachas, it's Esav. Hakel kol Yaakov wasn't a kasha. Of how could it be? It's a stira. The call is a call of Yaakov. Like the base lady. No. Everything checked out in Yitzchak Avinu's mind. He sounds exactly like Yaakov. His hands are Esau. That's it. He's Esau. That's the base Halevi. 
I have two questions on this base Halevi. Two questions. The first question that I have is, why Taka did Yaakov Avinu not come in sounding like Esav? Yaakov didn't know, unless you say he knew Baruch HaKadosh of Esalevi. Yaakov Avinu didn't know that, that this, this was uh, their plan. So if Yaakov really wanted to go and get the brachas away from his father, and Rivka was coaching him, he should have said what? He should have said, Kurmavi, Yakumavi, get up! So his voice would be the voice of Esav, his hand would be the hands of Esav, and, and then what? And Yitzchak would get, give the brachas to him. That's the first question that I have in the Beis HaLevi. The second question I have in the Beis HaLevi is, but Esav came in afterwards, and he didn't stick to his, his script. He says, Yakumavi, wasn't he supposed to, according to the Beis HaLevi, sound like Yaakov, he should have said Kumnavi. Why would he? Well, he, he didn't copy. He, he forgot. He was also well prepared. He also knew that he had to, in order to, for everything to check out, he needed to sound like Yaakov. He should have sounded like Yaakov. Nobody was sticking to the script according to the Beis Halevi's shot. Yaakov didn't stick to the script, meaning Yaakov should have acted like Esav. He didn't, and Esav should have acted like Yaakov, and he didn't. What's going on over here, Rabbi Said? What's the answer? The answer is simple. The Beis HaLevi is right. Yaakov, though, even if he was coached and he was prepped to speak like Esau, he physically could not speak like Esau. A Yaakov Avino is never able to speak like Esau. I don't care if I lose the trillions of dollars that I could potentially get from these brachas. All of Eilam Haza and Eilam Haba, I can't give up my Kedushas Hapeh. I can't speak like an Esau. I physically cannot say Yakum I can't speak Chutzpah to my, to my father. I can't. I'm supposed to stick to a script. I should act like Esau now. I can't. I'm sorry. I would like to. I wish I could. I can't. Because that's who Yaakovina was through and through. His Peh was so holy that he had no ability, physically was not able. He physically was not able to. It's like if I would give you a trillion dollars to smoke a cigarette tonight. A trillion dollars. All the money in the world I would give you to take one puff of a cigarette tonight. I venture to say that not a single person in this room would take me up on that. Why not? Trillion dollars. I could keep many. I could. I could sponsor a Shabbos project for the entire world forever and ever. It's going to be great. Nobody would take a puff of a cigarette. You know why? Because physically, you can't do it. You can't smoke on Shabbos for Mason. You just can't. Just can't. And that's a similar thing with Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu. You can give him the whole world. He's not going to be able to say the words Yakumavi. He can't speak Chutzpadek. Nor is him. Through and through, his Dibor is who he is. We are defined by the way we speak. And if we speak grub, that means that we are a grub a person. It means we are coarse and uncivilized and unlettered and un- uncouth. And just this, uh, uh, we're a para Adam if we speak in a way that's not appropriate. 
And so Yaakov, you know, he couldn't stick to that script. And you know something? Because he couldn't stick to that script, that's why he was like to the brachas. Hashkacha had it. That precisely because he was not able to, to, to say Yakumavi, precisely because he had to say Kumnavi, that word na saved him. It saved him and it enabled him to get the brachas because if he would have stuck to the script and it would have sounded like Esau, Yaakov, Yitzchak, would know that it's, that it's what? That it's not Esau. And he would have lost the brachas. And the same is true, Rabbi Say, to my other question on Esav. Esav was supposed to, according to the Beis Halevi, sound like who? Like Yaakov Avinu. He was supposed to speak in, with Baruch Hashem and Mirza Hashem. Kum Na'avi, please, Hati, get up, Roshin Tachanunem. What happened in the end? He blew it. He said, Yaakov Avi, get up, what about the Na'av? He couldn't remember to say the word no? The answer is no. He could not remember to say the word no because that is not who Esav is. Esav is a person that's a para-adam and you can try to put a different masquerade on, to put a different disguise on, and to change and to sound, but it's going to come through. It will come through because a person like an Aesop cannot speak It's physically impossible. Maybe he could start off the sentence trying to be... It's going to slip. He's going to eventually crack and the true Aesop is going to show through because that's who he is. The Mohusa is a person that's a para-adam and a para-adam speaks grub. We are so defined by who, by the way we speak. If we think that we're very from people, and we learn, and we down, we go to yeshiva, we do mitzvahs, but when it comes to our Russian, sometimes we slip, and we all do, but we should know that when we slip, it really shines a light on how much we have to work on ourselves. We're all... We're all guilty of this, I think. We all have moments that we get very upset, we raise our voice, we say things we're not proud of. And that's being a human being. That means that we're mortals. We're not Yaakov Avinu yet. But it should not be taken as a given that we can do that. Because if we're able to say words and speak in a certain way and not control that, then it's a reyes on who we are. It means that there's a lot of work that we still need to do to fix our insides and to make sure that, that we're better. The Ran in, in the Dharam on the first on the first Ahmed of the Dharam, those beautiful long Rans there, in the middle he says, He was asking on one of the Rishonim, how could how could a holy mouth say something like that in terms of a pshat? But that's something that we should ask ourselves. A lot of times when we use nivopah, when we use words that are not appropriate, when we don't say please, when we don't say thank you. How could a holy mouth that learns Tyra and that davens, how could this instrument that could be used for such good sometimes have such flaws in it? Hatsileni not. This is the schus that Klal Yisrael has throughout the diarist, that we are able to constantly use the word not to speak nicely to people, to have derecheretz. 
It's not just saying the word please. It's saying the words thank you. Thank you is such an important part of the human vocabulary, but it's so underappreciated. It's a very hard word to say, to say thanks. Why is it so hard? The famous Pachayitzchak in Hanukkah that says that the word Maida to say thank you means two things. It means thank you, Maida Nilfanecha. What else does it mean? It means I admit. Maida means I admit. It means thank you and I admit. What does that mean? Why do, in the, in the beautiful poetic Lashon of the Pachid Yitzchak, why are these two things, why do they meet at the same lodge? When two things meet at the same lodge, meaning when two words converge to the same word in the same body of a word, it's not for naught. In the English language, it has absolutely no difference. English language is, it's a wonderful language, it's a rich language, but there is not, you can't really darshan words in the English language. And if two words happen to have the same, share the same word, then it doesn't necessarily mean anything. You have, uh, there are many examples of, of two words in the English language that have the same, they share the same exact word, but do they have a... I just, just thought of one in my head. Tie. The word tie. This is a tie. Okay? And, um, and a tie in a, in a baseball game. Or, a, you know, two teams are tied. Is that, does that mean that every tie is a tie? Or, you know, like, what does that mean? It means nothing. It, it can mean a tie or it can mean a tie. Does it, anyone, is there any philosophers that are dashing why is this two, why is a tie a tie the same word? No, nobody cares. It's just, it's just a matter of fact that the word tie is used for two different reasons, uh, and using the same word. In Lashna Kaidish is not the way. Lashna Kaidish, if there's two words that have the same exact word, but seemingly different meanings, there must be a way to dashin and understand that. And the Pacha Yitzchak says that every single person to his core, wants to be independent. I don't want to need anybody, right? As, as children, we really feel that way. I don't want, I don't, I don't want you to help me uh, with my homework, tie my shoes, get me dressed, uh, you know, take a bath. I want to do it all on my own. I, I could do it on my own. I remember the happiest day of my life, I think, was when I got my first bicycle or, or big wheel or whatever. You were able to feel independent. You don't have to like, be mashup at everything. You could, you could go a little bit on your own able to ride free on a bicycle on a, you know, and, and just get a little bit of independence. That's what a human being wants. Everybody wants it. Nobody wants to be supported by his parents, by his in-laws. You don't want it. And that's what a human being wants. A human being is chalishing. He's like, I need independence. I want to make enough money. I don't have to come on to other people. I don't want the largesse to live on on, on somebody else's tab. I want to be able to be independent. The fact of the matter is that we can't be independent. The fact of the matter is that every single person needs other people. I might be a very good Rebbe, but I'm not a plumber. If my toilet breaks, I can't fix it. I have to call somebody to fix it. That plumber might be a wonderful plumber, but he's not an accountant. When tax season comes, he has to call an accountant to do his taxes for him. And that accountant might be a wonderful accountant, 
But if he wants to paint his living room, he's got to call a painter because he doesn't know how to paint. Every single person is dependent on one another. That's the way society works. That's the way the Rabbi Shalom made it. That's what the Chavitz Chaim says. It's tight in the bracha that we make so many times a day and we have no idea what we're saying. HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates many nefashas, so many souls, billions of people on the world, and each person has a chisarin in them. They're not able to do everything. They're deficient. They can't do so many things. And because of that, the world interacts with one another. The world comes on to one another. The world has parnasa from one another. That's the brilliance of the Rabbi Nishan scheme. When I say thank you to you, what I'm really doing is, if I'm thinking about it, if I, I could, everyone could say thank you. But if I'm really understanding what I'm saying when I say thank you, it should be a very difficult thing to say. Because what I'm saying is, not just thank you, but I'm also being, I am admitting to you that I could not do something on my own. As much as I wanted to do it on my own, I needed to come on to you. I wanted to go to a chasna in Lakewood. I don't have a car. You had a car. I wasn't able to get there if not for you. I wanted to be independent to get there on my own, but I couldn't. You gave me a lift. I'm saying thank you. I am admitting that without you I could not get here. That's very hard for me to do. Because I want to be independent. I don't want to come on to people. When I have to come on to you, it's an admission that I needed something from you. And that's why it's very difficult. You're probably all thinking, well, it's not difficult for me. I say thank you all the time. Thank you very much. I'm very well-mannered. My parents taught me well. I say thank you to everybody in the grocery store, in the butcher, in the this and the that. I'm saying thank you day and night. But the word thank you, the way we say it, is not really a thank you. Because it's just a niggin. It's just a, it's a figure of speech. It's a nicety. But it has no meaning. If you want to see the difficulty of saying thank you, look at children. You know, when I'm not here these days, I'm out in Long Beach, and I sit on the, the row next to me is the candy man in Shul, the young Israel of Long Beach. Very nice fellow. And not too many children, unfortunately, in Long Beach anymore, but, uh, you know, so it's, it's less candies for him to buy. But he, uh, he gives out candies to the few children that are in Shul. And he, and I watch sometimes, you know, what, how, how do the children come over to him and how do they, how do they react when they, when they get the candy? None of them say thank you. What happens? They get a lollipop from the candy, gives them like a pinch on the cheek and they go running off without saying thank you. What happens? Most of the time, the father schleps them back, like, you know, like schlepping a ton of bricks like this, like bringing the kid over and say thank you. Hmm. Say thank you. Thank you. And then he runs away. Why is it so difficult for this child to say thank you? It's just in, when we say thank you, and we think if the kid doesn't say thank you, it's a poor reflection on us. Why is it that the kid doesn't say thank you? He should also be trained at this point in his life to say thank you. You know what the, the answer is? Because children are smarter than we are. And children understand this better than us. They know that when they're saying thank you, it means that you gave me something that I need and I don't want to say thank you because I don't want to admit that I am dependent on you. 
we already just say thank you as a knee-jerk reaction. So for us, it's not a big deal. And if we see our child not saying thank you, it's like a chutzpah. Say thank you because it's not a big deal. But the child understands that saying thank you is not such an easy thing. Remember, I used to be... Uh, in the, I was once in the, in the Chase Bank here on Main Street. That's where I used to do my banking. And, uh, and all of a sudden, like, this is going back a long time, but there was, in front of the teller's windows, um, there was like a little bell. Little bell. And a little sign over the bell, if you enjoy the service of the teller, please press the bell as a, as a way of uh, showing your appreciation. For me, it was such a, a funny thing. What? Who, who in the corporate back office came up with this one? Like, and you know, like you ring the bell, and like, you know, what do you expect the teller to do? Like, it's like a Pavlovian experiment. Like, they're supposed to, like, all of a sudden, like, get up on the window and, like, start, like, you know, like, barking or something. Like, what, what are they supposed to do when you get a ring? It's a, a few weeks later, the thing was gone. The whole thing was bottle and bottle from from the beginning. But what was the svara? Why did they do this? You know why they did it? Because nobody was saying thank you. And the tellers were upset. This is my lumbus, at least, for why it happened. So it's easier. They made a cheshman. It's easier for a person to ring a bell than to say thank you. Because a person physically, it's difficult for a person to say thank you, to have that nicety and mean it, because it's an admission that I couldn't do it without you. I needed to come on to your services and it's so hard for me to admit that. I want to be independent to the core. I don't want to have to be dependent and, and needy on other people. But that's the way the world operates. G'dayle Yisrael were people that excelled in the word na. I don't mean just saying please, which of course they did, but I'm saying thank you and have a good day and be well when they said it they meant it it was real to them Ramesha Feinstein who do we have that's greater than Ramesha Feinstein Ramesha Feinstein was the Gain Hadar the, the G'dayla Yisrael said about Ramesha that if he would have lived a few hundred years earlier than he did he would still be the Gadol Hadar can you imagine that we had somebody walking the earth I got, I got a bracha from Ramesha Feinstein. I shook his hand. I, see, I saw him multiple times when I was a child. Somebody that, if he would have lived in the times of the Chassam Seifer, could have been on the same, in the same league as the Chassam Seifer. Can you imagine? Ramesha Feinstein was the greatest man probably to walk these shores. Him, of Aaron Kotler. Me, Lanu, G'dayla Mehem. But... Every time that he went to a yeshiva dinner or he went to some other function, you know what he did after the meal? Nobody does this. Nobody does this. What do you do when you finish at a dinner or at a chasna or at a bar mitzvah or whatever? You go home. You bench and you go home. You get your valet ticket, you valet your... You're out of here. Ramesha finds it every single time that he finished a chasna, a dinner, a bar mitzvah, whatever it was, he made it his business to go to the kitchen, walk into the kitchen, and thank the waiters, thank the waitresses, thank the cooks, thank the busboys for doing their job so well. Thank you, 
thank you, the food was delicious, I appreciate it. Do you think they ever saw that in their life? Do you think they ever saw that since? Because he's a... He comes from Yaakov Avinu. Hatsileni no. He wasn't not. He wasn't able to not do that. It wasn't thinkable. It wasn't conscionable for him to go to a place and get hana from something and not say thank you and mean the thank you. A grandson of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky once called a hotel down in Miami Beach when I was a child. I used to. My parents used to take us to a wonderful place called the Caribbean Hotel. Today it's no longer a hotel. But it was, it was very geschmack. It was, uh, I reminisce with, with, uh, with an old friend of mine who also used to go there. But just, it was just, uh, they don't make these type of hotels anymore in America, at least in the United States. Uh, but like, just like a very geschmack place and the food was good and the swimming pool outside and the, you know, and so there were minyanim and there were shirim and it was just a great place to go in the winter and the summer. Yaakov Kamenetsky used to give a Dafyami shear uh, for a few months in the, in the winter, I, I believe, in his older years. He would give a Dafyami shear every day in, in this Caribbean hotel. And what happened was that his grandson happened to call this hotel, the receptionist in the hotel picks up the phone. He, wanted, he didn't want to speak to Yaakov, he wanted to speak to somebody else in the hotel. And this African-American woman who was the receptionist, she asked, sure, I'll, I'll page this person that you want to speak to. Well, what is your name? He says, my name is Svi Kamenetsky. She says, wait a minute. Are you related to the Rabbi Kamenetsky that gives a, a Bible class here in the hotel? He says, yeah, that's, uh, that's my grandfather. She says, that's your grandfather? He's a very close friend of mine. Very close friend of yours? Who are you? She says, every day when he comes into the hotel to give his Bible class, he comes over to my desk, he comes over to the reception booth, and he says the nicest good morning to me. And then after he finishes his Bible class on the way out, he passes by my reception desk and he says, have a wonderful day. He's a great man and a great friend of mine. And you must be very, very proud to be his grandson. That's Yaakov Avinu. That's Yaakov Na Avi. That's Hatsileni Na. The schus of Klal Yisrael is that we have the word Na. We're polite. We're dignified. We're not grub. We don't speak in a vile way. Even if we're upset about something, it's okay to be sometimes upset about things. The Rambam says you could be, when a human being is not a rock that has no feeling. Sometimes we do get upset. And sometimes that's healthy. We have to let off some steam, but we have to do it in a bakavadika way. Even when we're upset, we can't allow ourselves to speak in a way that's inappropriate, that would be a bad reflection on Yaakov Avinu. Aaron Cutler was once already walking down the apartment steps from his building, going into a car. He's an older man. It was difficult for him to make the, to climb down the steps, let alone up the steps. He was already like a few blocks away, 
and he asked the driver if he could just go back because he forgot something at home. The driver goes around and he walks up the Rosh Hashiva to his second floor apartment, I believe it was in Borough Park, and he thought maybe he left his talisman fill-in or something. He knocks on the door, Rebbein's Rebbein opens up the door, and he says, I just forgot to say, have a good day. Have a good day. That's all he wanted to do. You know the effort that it took for him to do that? They didn't have cell phones then. They didn't have, they didn't have the ability to communicate like we do. We don't even have the ability to communicate, even with our texting. When was the last time you wrote, thank you very much in a text full? And not, 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 not Barasha Tavis. Everything is T-Y, T-Y-S-M. If you're really from T-Y, V-M. We can't even text out fully, thank you so much. That's how difficult it is for us to be polite, to be menschlich, to be people that care about what other people feel. This is the legacy of Yaakov Avinu. Rukam used to tell us, tell me them when they went out to work, that there's three things you have to know if you want to be matzliach out in the workplace. He says you have to be the friendliest person in the office, you have to be the hardest working person in the office, and you have to be trustworthy. If you have those three things, then you'll be fine out there. Again, you have to be the friendliest person and the most polite. You have to be the hardest working person, not the one that slacks off and Cyber Monday spends a whole day on the internet buying presents. And finally, you have to be trustworthy. And when you do that, that's a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. A person sees that a Jew speaks different, a Jew acts different, a Jew is, is a positive force to be reckoned with. You know, the truth is that you do find that Esav used once the Lushen of Na. Esav uses the Lushen of Na, Halitani Na, Mina Adam Adam Azeh. Feed me Na, Mina Adam Azeh. Now, you could touch it as being pleased, but the Mepharshim say it can't mean pleased because he didn't know how to use the word pleased. So, Na also means what? Now, when he uses the word na, he doesn't mean please, he means now. Pour it down my throat, this Mizid Adashim, right now, ASAP. Because an Asaph can't use a nicety. Ah, you're going to ask, how do you know? If we would speak Lashon HaKadosh, how do you know when a person's saying na, he means please, versus when he says na, he means now? The answer is, it all depends on how you say it. Sometimes you could say thank you, but you say it in such a way that it's so grub that it's not even a thank you. It's like, better not to say it. And sometimes you could say thank you, and it's, it's so nice. And you could feel the haidah, you could feel the admission in the person's voice. And you want to do a favor for this person more and more. Esau could say no, nah, but it's, it's now. Yaakov could say no, nah, and it's always please. 
It's a story about a person who got a telegram from his son. And he was very upset about this telegram. You don't know what a telegram is probably, but in the olden days, before the fax machine and before, you know, when you can make calls overseas so easily, my father, Mishalom, had a business and he ran, he had a home office and he had a, a telex machine, which was a really passionate thing. A lot of people in the neighborhood would come to our house just to use it. And it's a very interesting machine. It's not for now, but basically every single word that you type out in, on a telex costs money. So you have to be very, very careful how to use every single word. Do I need this word or can I cross it out? Because every word you're paying for, the Chavitz Chaim used to say that the telex machine, the telegram, teaches you how you have to weigh and measure every word that you speak. But, you know, you have to... So this is the way the telegram came from his son. He was really upset about this. He said, the telegram says, Daddy, send money. That was the end of the telegram. Daddy, send money. And he got really, really upset. He says, this is what all my tuition money went for all the years in yeshiva for this chutzpah. Daddy sent my I'm, I'm a human ATM machine. That's all I am to him. No hello, no goodbye, no I love you. Does daddy send money? And he went to his rav. And he told the rav, he says, this is, I'm disowning this kid. A chutzpah. Look at this telegram. Daddy send money. And the rub says, no, no, no. You're reading it wrong. This is how he meant it. Daddy, send money. It's a different niggin. If you say, Daddy, send money, that's, that's Esau. Daddy, send money. He obviously needs it. It's a Lashen Tachanunim. It's a different, it's the same words, but it's altogether different. You could say non, it's a beautiful word. You could say non, it's an awful word. And this is how we have to train ourselves. If we're a person that's soft-spoken and fine and nice, well-mannered, that uses the right Lashonis at the right time and will never slip and say something that's inappropriate... That's a Yatra Avinu. That's, that's the legacy that we have from him. Hatsileni Nar. We have his chus in this kalos to be different and to get out of this kalos. It's going to be the word Nar. It's going to be the fact that we are the most polite in the workplace. We're most, the most polite in yeshiva. Opportunities in yeshiva all over the place to speak politely. To our Abayim, we all speak very, very... I never had an incident since I've been here. I think I'm almost here 18 years, believe it or not. I have never had a single incident of a bachar that spoke to me with any degree of chutzpah. None whatsoever. Nothing. Never. Guys here are like the most polite people I've ever met in my life. So nice and so sweet and so fine. Are we the same way with the professors in the afternoon? Are we the same way with the custodial staff? Are we the same way with the security guards? Hopefully we are. Are we the same way when we go to a post office and there's a long line of people and these, the people behind the, the glass there are just taking their time and it's slow as molasses and we're going crazy because we, we're going to get a ticket if we don't feed the meter again. 
Are we still the same way? Do we still use the word na, Belashin Bakasha? Are we consistently pure with the way we act and the way we behave? Are our midas sterling as they should be? If they are, then great. And if they're not, we have to work on that. It's an important thing. We don't want to go through life and start going to the workplace and be mushpa from the way Gayim speak. It's very easy to. I just see myself like, you know, I'm interacting a lot lately with people. I'm very blessed. My interactions on the whole are with B'nai Taira. That's, that's, that's my blessing in life. Lately, since I've you know, been doing some work on my house, I'm dealing a lot with, you know, with, with, with people that are doing the work on my house and people in the government that want to stop me from doing work in my house. And once this whole job is over, I'm gonna, I have plenty of new schmoozing, but I have to first get through it. Um, it's very, very aggravating. If you see me on the cell phone walking around the halls and like, you know, stewing about something, it's because there's, you know, a lot to stew about. And sometimes it's really, really trying to stay composed and to stay properly, you know, shummer from, from speaking in a, in a way that's, that's too tough. Sometimes you have to speak a little bit harsher because otherwise they're going to not take you seriously. But you have to be very careful because it's so easy to slip. It's so easy and so easy to justify our behavior because, you know, I'm really upset and I have to get my way and, you know, and they're speaking this way so I should be speaking this way. But it's so important for us to maintain our own dignity and our own identity as being B'nai Yaakov and not B'nai Esav. Esav could speak any way they want. They don't have the same Shulchan Aruch as we do. They're not bound by saying the word no. Somebody came to my house working for uh, one of the utility companies and he had to dig a ditch in my front lawn. Yeah, he was like the supervisor. He was a very nice guy and I was schmoozing with him. But like every other word that came out of his mouth was a curse word. Every other word. Mamish. This isn't like a, you know, a young guy that's just like this, this generation of like millennials that are, you know, that are... This is an older man. He was like already in his 60s. He should know better. Probably has grandchildren already. Every other word that... Not because he was angry, was he speaking bad. Just that's the way he spoke. That's his conversation. That's the way he, he, his colorful language, his salty language, or whatever they describe it. That's who he is. The Mahusa. He can't not say these words. He might want to not say these words, but he can't. Just like Esau could not avoid saying, Yaakov Avi, he tried. Nebuch, he tried. He couldn't stick to the script because that wasn't who he is. And so it's easy sometimes if you're around these people more than I am. It's very easy, I'm sure, to start talking like them, to start being mushba from them, and also using that language. And if you're watching shows and, and, and videos and this and that, and that's the way that you hear people, cool people speak... So automatically it's going to seep into our mayach and into our lave and it's going to be like, oh, this is the way I could be when I'm cool. And that would be such a perversion of, of our Messiah, of being Bnei Yaakov, of Hatzileni Nov. There's one thing that will save us. It's maintaining our dignity, maintaining our Kedusha Sapat, Kedusha Vadibur.
this is the challenge that we face in this Gaulus. And it's the difference between making a Kiddush Hashem and a Chil Hashem. When we speak in the right way, in, the nice, in, a, in a nice manner, it doesn't matter who we're talking to. Sometimes it could be a person on the phone, let's say you're, you're dealing with customer service and it's really annoying, and, you know, and the person is just like really you know, not giving you what you need from them. Sometimes it's very easy. This anonymous person, they don't know me, I don't know them. I could really lace into them. But we're Yaakov Avinu's descendants. We don't have that luxury. We don't have that license to speak that way. We're not, we're not Meisav. When we're at the workplace and everybody else around us is talking in a certain way and we're expected also to speak in that manner and to take the bait and to also talk about things that are inappropriate even if everybody around the water cooler is doing that, that's not who we could be. We don't have the ability to do that. We have to maintain our own self. We have to know who we are. We have to have gedarim for ourselves, what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say. The way we say a thank you, the way we say please, and the things that we can never say. This is the type of girls that we should look to marry. Girls that have a purity of Lushen. The girls that are, that are from. You know, sometimes guys come to me and say, I don't want to marry the girl that I, that I dated last night. I said, why not? Because she keeps saying, Baruch Hashem, Mirz Hashem. Forty times a sentence, drive me crazy. And I can understand that. But, but in a way, assuming that the girl's legit, isn't that a beautiful thing? Let's stop and think about it for a second. If a girl really feels that way, that she has this knee-jerk, like, instinctive need to, to qualify that everything is from the Rabbeinu Shalom, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think it's an important thing. Don't get turned off by that. That's something that should be an attractive midah. Because think about what that means. It means that they have a Kedushas Adibor. It means that they're Bnei Yaakov, Bnei Yaakov. Dibor is very important. Dibor is so underestimated. We don't understand the importance of Dibor. The same mouth that learns Tyra, the Pek Kaddish that davens, has to be the Pek Kaddish that in our whole halachielich of life, all of our interactions with Jews, with non-Jews, with older people, with younger people, we have to make sure to filter our mouths just like we filter our water, and more so. We have filters for our water, for our internet. We need filters for our mouth to make sure that things that are inappropriate don't come out and that the things that are appropriate are coming out in the way that they are actually meant with the proper niggin and the proper rikshah alev. And that's this chus that we will be Hashem from this galus, hatsileni na, miyadachti miyadesa, this long galus of Edom that we're inundated by the culture of Esau, by the Kumavi, get up, this grubba language. Remember when I was a, a child, there was a very popular cartoon on television, and I think, I don't know if it's still around, but you definitely know of it, it's part of the pop culture of America. And it was a very, uh, I think it was a very seminal um, production. It was called The Simpsons. You'll forgive me for using such a mundane uh, example in a base medrash, in a shmuz, but 
The Simpsons was basically a cartoon that had a, uh, you know, a, a child that was speaking with such chutzpah to his father. And it was a, it was seminal because, you know, it, it broke a lot of the a lot of the norms of society because no one ever spoke like that on television. You don't speak to your father fresh. You don't speak chutzpah to your father. You don't put down your father like he's some sort of, you know... And it broke down the more... Every, you know... This is what, what the culture of Eden does. They try to make it cool to be Esau. They try to make it socially acceptable. And it's something that even filters into Klal Yisrael. A lot of times... When I first, you know, was exposed to it, it was like such a chiddush to me because I never saw it growing up as a child. Maybe you know what I'm talking about, maybe you don't. But when, when I was a child, all my parents' friends, I, call, I, I, I spoke formally to. There was a Mr. Cohn and a, a Dr. Leibowitz and a, and a Mr. This and a Rabbi That. And the wives were Mrs. Mrs. Levy and Mrs. Garfinkel. You call people by Mr. and, and Rabbi and Doctor and Mrs. Rebbitson. What happens today? You call your parents' friends by their first name. I don't know if you have that, but I see, I see many people, they're doing that. Laman Hashem, today, I'm no youngster anymore, and I'm still calling those people when I go to Long Beach. Mr. and Dr. whatever, and they said, no, call me Chaim, call me. I don't want to call you Chaim, I can't. I physically can't call you Chaim. You're my father's age, you're my father's friend, you're my mother's, I can't. Just like Yaakov was not able to say, Kromavi, Yaakovavi, he had to say the Lashon night. There's a physical inability to say certain things. These are things that are getting more and more broken down as, as we evolve deeper and deeper into Galus Eden. We're becoming more Aesopdik. We're becoming more Edendik. Because we're forgetting about the Messiah of Hatsileni Na. But this is what we have to work on. We have Abayda to do. It's not a, this is not the most difficult Nisayan that we have. It's a fairly easy Nisayan, but it's something that we have to be cognizant of, that we have to work on on our thank yous, on our pleases, on the tone of our voice, on being polite, on being respectful to everybody. From the smallest to the biggest, from the frumest to the most non Just be a mensch. Speak in a way that's appropriate. That's a Kiddush Hashem. That will be a wonderful re- reflection on who Yaakov Avinu is and who Yaakov Avinu's descendants are. And Mitz Hashem, this should be his chus. That will bring the car of Mashiach to Kano. Have a good chance.